Hello and welcome to Ep9 of Off The Block Swimming Podcast, Australia's new number one swimming podcast. Thank you all very much for joining us once again. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. Another massive show for you guys lined up today. But before we get stuck into that, I just want to send out my sincere condolences to the family and friends of legendary Australian swim coach, Ken Wood, who passed away just the other day at age 88. Now, I'm sure there are a lot of other swimmers and coaches out there with some great Ken Wood stories, but my only interactions with Ken, I think, say a lot about him as a person and not just as a coach. He had just finished a talk on distance swimming for New South Wales Swimming, which I was at, and at the end, he gave out his email and said, if anybody wants any advice or programs, just email me and I'll be happy to help which I did not long after that. I sent an email asking a few questions, which he replied to. Then I asked for some sets as he was coaching Mel Gorman, who was one of Australia's best distance girls at the time. We arranged to meet up at Age Nationals that year for him to pass on some of his programs. Getting to meet and chat with one of my coaching idols was great. He shared some great stories. He cracked some of his great jokes. And at the end, he said, so I suppose you'll be wanting these as well. Now I'm expecting maybe five or six sets, nothing too much. And he hands me a folder with his entire national preparation on it. Now what impressed me the most was that they were all photocopied one page at a time, which would have taken him ages. For him to do that for a young aspiring coach like me, I think says a lot about him as a person and was such a nice touch. Now I still have those sets with me today and I will never forget my chat with the super coach himself, Mr. Kenwood. Rest in peace, mate. You'll be sorely missed. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a metre on Van der Noot and Pan. But the sinister of all eyes is the great man of butterfly, Susie O'Neill. He's coming back. Oh, he surely can't do it to him again. Chavis in the white hats, Phelps in the black hats, and Phelps has got it. I cannot believe he's done that. Thorpe's in front. Thorpe the hall. Thorpe goes in. Joining us today on the show is a man who at the recent Commonwealth Games down on the Gold Coast earned himself a bronze medal for Australia in the men's 200 metre backstroke, adding to his already impressive two silver and bronze from 2014 at Glasgow Com Games. He's been to the Olympics in Rio, he's been to the world champs in Russia and now today he adds to his career highlights as he joins us on Off The Block Swimming Podcast for a chat. It's a very warm welcome to Mr Josh Beaver, how are you mate? Yeah, very well. Thank you very much for having me. Not a problem at all. Now, a bit of a change of scenery for me today for all the listeners out there. I'm coming to you from the Albany Creek Leisure Centre up in Brisbane. I'm actually up in the Lifeguard Tower as we speak, which has got a pretty nice view of the pool. Where have we caught you today? Uh, yeah, so I'm just back at home um, down Victoria, and it's um, absolutely freezing. <laughs> We're just uh, coming into the start of winter. Actually, my first winter in five years so um some unfamiliar for me but um yeah just um chilling out at home at the moment just um getting ready for the weekend very nice now mate i mentioned there at the start those impressive accomplishments and we'll get to those a little bit later on but i want to first take you back to when you first started swimming 
What were the earliest memories as a kid for you learning how to swim? Yeah, sure thing. So I sort of grew up in a little bit of a country town in um, Turidan, and which is probably about 15, 20 minutes uh, to my local swimming pool. And I remember um, sort of going through the YMCA swimming lessons out at Cranbourne at the time and um, then transitioning through when I was about eight years old through to a, just a little swimming club called the Cranbourne Tiger Sharks, which... Yep. Um, a few years after that, transferred through into the uh, Casey Tiger Sharks under Ben Hiddlestone. Very nice. Now, were you a natural in the water, or did you have to work pretty hard to, to get some improvements? Yeah, surely. So I'm not extremely gifted in any <laughs> means by in terms of I'm the one of the smallest on the Australian team. I'm yep. uh, the biggest feet or the biggest hands. But um, at the end of the day, I love I love I love swimming. I love what I was able to do every day. I was, yeah. I didn't necessarily pick up straight away, but soon after finishing swimming lessons and moving into that squat environment, I sort of established that backstroke was going to get going to be it for me. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it really took me on a journey through the sport. Around what age did you start getting a little bit more serious? Yeah, so I was playing uh, basketball and tennis and footy and athletics as a kid, and then probably I'd probably put it down to about twelve years old and. Um, that was sort of when I sort of established that I was going to be swimming and um, well, I was lucky enough to, as an eight-year-old, uh, have the Sydney 2000 Olympics and remember on how much uh, the Australian swim team dominated it and the likes of the 4x100 freestyle relay and yep, um, Ian Thorpe dominating and something like that sort of was in the back of my mind and I one day thought that maybe if I, I did everything that was required of me in the pool and having then known sort of what was expected of me as an athlete... Um, to really transition into the person who I am today was sort of something I established when I was 12 years old. Now, mate, a lot of young swimmers coming through tend to have some bad habits that drive the coaches crazy. Uh, <laughs> I just want to run you yeah. through a few now, and I just want you to tell me if when you were younger, if any of these applied to you. So the first one is pulling on the lane rope. <laughs> oh, no, I don't remember pulling on the lane rope. Obviously, backstroke sort of a... That's a secret thing you do, but no, I don't quite remember doing that. <laughs> oh, oh, good boy, good boy. I've had a few people say that was uh, definitely something they did, so well done. Uh, bouncing off the bottom of the pool during their laps. Um, oh, no, I was a little fella, so it was pretty hard for me to get down there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make those jokes. I'll let you do those for yourself. Um, toilet breaks during the, uh, during the middle of a set. Yeah, so um, oh, that was a big no-no for us, and that was something that our coach instilled is at the end of the day, you only had the 24 hours in a day, and you're in the water for at most four hours a day. So it was sort of a, an ex- expectation that you held it for that whole four hours that you're in the water a day. <laughs> uh, what about using arms in a kick set? Uh, no, another one I was pretty disciplined with. Um, it wasn't until uh, I moved to train off with another warning um when I was 20, well, 21 years old, I learned that it was okay to do a, a tumble turn. And it sort of makes sense going back. Just the only time you do do a tumble turn was, uh, or the only time you did use your arms was when you went in to do a tumble turn oh, when yeah. you're kicking. So it's sort of nothing that I sort of remember doing. Look at you go. You're killing it so far. Well, I was very disciplined. About, <laughs> uh, yeah, very disciplined. What about last one? Never knowing what you were up to in the set because you weren't paying attention. Uh, yeah, that one did come across my mind a few times. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's sort of, I know I did a, I did a lot of backstroke, and it was good to roll over and do freestyle. So I sort of would take any opportunity I, I could to roll over and do a bit of freestyle. But um, obviously, naturally loosened what was on task for sure. Oh, we got you there in the end. 
Hey, that's you one did. out of five. That's very good. Um, mate, a lot of young swimmers out there right now are chasing state, national times, maybe even trying to get on their first teams. And at one stage in your career, this was you as well. Talk to me about some of yeah. the things that you changed in your uh, program or just in your routines that you, uh, yeah, you changed to get right just to make those next steps. Yeah, sure. So, I oh, know, looking back at my swimming career, I sort of, as I said to you before, I'm sort of one of the smaller guys out there, and I sort of identified uh, what my strengths were at sort of a younger age and really built off those over my swimming career. So, um, I'll have to look back at it and, and like to say, I swim backstroke like a hummingbird and take a whole lot of little strokes compared to these big guys who take in these um, real big strokes like an albatross bird. And, <laughs> yeah. and using that using that analogy, sort of over a 200 metres of backstroke, what I, what, I like to, what I see myself being the best at, um, is I'm taking a lot of extra strokes compared to those bigger guys. But um, I'm fit. I was, I was fit as a young kid, and that was something I learned from a young age to um, be as hard as nails and, and be fit in the water. And that took me right through to my swimming, yeah, my swimming career. And um, something that I really capitalised on at a young age and, and putting in the, the extra kilometres. I don't see a lot of kids doing the sort of and the amount of work that I was doing as a 12-year-old boy and sort of the anywhere between 75 to 85, 90 kilometres a week uh, Jesus, on a regular yeah, basis. So a something, a li- yeah, it is. It's something a little bit different to probably what you see today. And I wouldn't necessarily say it was the right thing to be doing <laughs> as a 12-year-old boy yeah. um, with the 10 sessions a week to, to get those... Um, anywhere between 75 kilometers and, uh, and upwards. But um, that was something that we established in the program I was a part of as a kid. And, yeah, it was sort of right through to when I was 21 years old when I decided to make the move. That was something that we did. And there was no questions asked about the program. We we, we rocked up to the 10 sessions. We Probably one of the biggest things for me was that consistency in training. And yep. um, I remember there for a, a long period of time where I didn't necessarily miss a session for – uh, years on end and it was something that I was extremely conscious about and um, I did sort of it was a it was a, a value based thing where I was a, a afraid of letting my coach down essentially as well but yeah. at the end of the day I took um, I took charge of what I was doing every day and I was extremely proud of um, the fact that I went through years years on end without missing a session Mate, growing up, I don't know any kid who didn't dream of wearing the green and gold and representing Australia, and this is a dream you realised in 2014, getting the opportunity to swim in the Aussie team at the Com Games in Glasgow. Just taking a step back from that, talk to me about the emotions of making your first team. Yeah, sure. So, well, two years before that, it was a completely different story, and I went off to the 2012 Olympic trials, so four months outside of finishing school, so I finished school in November of 2011, and had uh, Olympic trials March 2012, so I had four months to really get ready for what was then the biggest goal in my life and something that I really wanted to do, which was go to the Olympics. And uh, unfortunately for me, it sort of didn't pan out the way I wanted. I, I ended up missing out on on being a, a dual Olympian. I look back at it now and say, uh, miss out on being a dual Olympian by 0.2 of a second, which yeah. um, looking back, obviously pretty frustrating and um, but it was a lot of, that was my sort of learning year. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the sport. Um, I learned how to go and deal about um, deal with disappointment and so on like that. And yeah. something I established back in 2012 was a really strong support crew and some and a group of people that really took me through to qualifying for that 2014 Glasgow team. And uh, after missing after sitting out um, through injury and getting a 
uh, diagnosed with a thyroid uh, disease when I was uh, 20 in 2012. It sort of um, really put things in perspective and said, oh, okay, I really want to go to uh, an Olympic Games, but in the meantime, I realised they're stepping stones to to getting there, which was sort of seen as the 2014 Glasgow Games and 2015 Budapest, right through, uh, sorry, Kazan, yeah. through to Olympic year. And uh, I really thought uh, I had every shot at making that um, uh, Glasgow 2014 team and went in there really confident in, in being able to qualify and, and um, yeah, swam to where I thought I was and, yeah, was able to qualify and go over to Glasgow and swim the 50, 100 and 200 backstroke, which is... Uh, then a real dream come true. I always saw myself as being a Commonwealth Games swimmer. It was um, something that people ask me as a kid. They'd say, well, where do you want to go? Do you want to go to the Olympics? And I always was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. That's a big step. I'd always see myself as, as a Commonwealth Games athlete before uh, transitioning through to an Olympic athlete. And, and um, yeah, so that was sort of like a, a goal achieved as a um, 21-year-old guy. What was your experience like with the team over there in Glasgow? Yeah, look, um, that was my first team. It was sort of a real breakout meet for myself. I was able to go through and win two silver and a bronze. So um, I sort of stamped my authority on Australian backstroke in the, in the Commonwealth, and, and um, my world ranking was about sixth or seventh at the time yeah. uh, at Glasgow. So, um, But at the end of the day, I remember um, really bonding with the team really well. Um, the te- there was something new for me, teammates, and something that was our was really looking forward to meeting new people and meeting the likes of James Magnuson and Kate Campbell and those teams. And I've been able to form great friendships with all the team, with all my teammates over the years and um, right through to 2018. Some, some, some of the guys and girls I've been on there with for, for going on four or five years now. Mm-hmm. So um, they're really special people in my life and, and these moments that I've been on the Australian team, I won't forget. And those sort of real really kicked off when, in, in 2014. You just mentioned a few names there. Did you have any mentors on the team that you could ask advice for, obviously, in your first team? Yeah, sure. So someone I highly respect on the swimming team and, and still um, respect him now is uh, Matt Aboot. And yep. I was really lucky enough to be able to room with Matt and really see the way he operates at a high-performing, high high-performance level. And obviously, he led his swimming to the talk, but he's incredibly... Um, successful person outside of the pool as well and um, be able to shape sort of the person or um, my values on the team um, is something that I um, look look up to Booty and always have looked up to Booty and sort of said, well, here's the reason I do this, here's the reason I do that. And um, I sort of, yeah, really took to the way uh, Matt was, uh, he held himself on the team and uh, I really wanted to be that figure. So um, a number of years down the track, I was able to um, be that sort of mental role to like Matt was to me. Yeah. Paying it forward. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. Mate, 2016, you competed at the Rio Olympics. I firstly just want to ask about your swims. You had the 100, the 200 back um, that you had competed on the world stage before. Did the Olympics feel a little bit different, though? Yeah, it was, definitely. So um, it'd be silly to say that it wasn't any any different. But um, I know it's the Olympics and it's the biggest competition in the world. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I realised that and um, I wanted to really go there and not just and be a number. Uh, I really wanted to uh, really focus on the swimming and, and that was the preparation into the swimming as well. I know there's a lot of opportunities that come up in the meantime once you named an Olympian and I really sort of focused um, solely on the swimming component of 
um, the Olympics and um, obviously going through and, and swimming the way I wanted to um, at, the, at the Olympics was the goal and uh, set a goal of making the final and unfortunately fell a bit short of that but uh, at the end of the day I went over there and I can hold my head up high saying that I went there and gave the swimming uh, the best com- the best uh, effort and most attention that I possibly could have. And, and you were happy with your performances over there? Is it something you look back on and you're proud of? Yeah, sure thing. So um, the 100 backstroke, I was able to do a personal best time in the first swim. And there's only a small percentage of people that can go to a, a major competition and do a personal best time uh, straight off the bat. And for me, I was able to do that in 2014 and, and, and held the same goal right through to when I was in 2016 and going and swimming a personal best time. And um, I learned a lot of things from the 100 backstroke, which was first. And then um, later on in the competition, it was something that uh, I really thought I had an opportunity to make it through to that final in the, in the 200 backstroke and uh, was 10th overall. But I'd learned a lot of things from that first swim in the 100 backstroke. I laid 53.4 in the morning and then came back at night time was only 53.9. So um, the ability to switch off during the day and really focus on that uh, going at 156.5 in the morning and sort of bringing everything I had back to that nighttime swim in the 200. Um, and I was, I was able to go 150, 156.6 in, in the nighttime. So uh, for me, going to 156 mid times on one day was sort of um, a real big stepping stone for me. Confidence booster as well. Yeah, exactly right. And um, having having now looked back at it, um, I, was still, I was doing stats just the other day of, yeah. So I'm 14, 156 points. So um, 156, 19 being my best from Glasgow and to make the call, uh, to make the Rio Olympics and 156, 95, which I swam at uh, to qualify for uh, 2017 World Championships. Um, yeah, looking back at it, these, these are the, the right, the sweet spot. And, and I was able to do that on the Olympic stage. And I touched on how, how big and how important the Olympics were. So uh, um, looking back, that was a really successful Olympic Games for me. Mate, what about outside of the pool? What was your real experience like? Yeah, sure. Well, um, the Olympics is everything everyone talks about. It was the, um, most, the most amazing athletes in the world all coming together to do something they enjoy doing and a lot of energy in the village. Um, but going back to that team, I, I, I made some amazing, amazing friends, amazing memories from the games. And um, we still, the Australian team, when we get together, we still um, talk about what happened on, on, on the nights after or um, during, during the games. And that's something that I'll never forget, um, hanging out with um the, the guys on the Australian team, but then obviously going off and watching Usain Bolt win the 100 and 200 sprints. Nothing you see every day. And, no. <laughs> um, I, won't, I won't ever see anything like it again. So um, pretty memorable moments. What about other countries, other sports? Did you get to meet and mingle with other people? Yeah, sure. So um, there's sort of like your, your main food hall where um, you all eat together. And it was something that we, we used to do is we sit um, in different places every time and meet different people. But, um, you take to a lot of swimmers. You do see a lot of swimmers out on pool deck from other countries and yep. you do get to know them and you got the opportunities to travel and do World Cup but also like your Commonwealth Games and your World Championships in the meantime. So over the years I've met a collective of people who were then at the Olympics and was able to share some great experiences with those guys as well. You sort of do take to the swimmers more than anything but um, 
on an Australian on an Australian point of view, I did get to hang out with a lot of Australian athletes and got to meet a lot of athletics people and uh, rowing, the rowing team and the cycling team and so on like that. So you do meet some amazing people and make some amazing memories, that's for sure. Now, it doesn't seem that long ago uh, the 2018 Commonwealth Games were on down on the Gold Coast. What was it like to compete in front of your family and friends? Yeah, that's probably the most. That was the thing that I enjoyed the most, um, that that competing in front of your family and friends was something that was really special for me and never been able to do in my swimming career before. So um, that was something that was extremely special to me, but able to do it in front of 13,000 screaming yeah. crazy Australians, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty special as well. Would have been nuts. Unreal, yeah. Couldn't I can't really explain the crowd, but for the first time ever in my swimming career, I, I heard the crowd underwater on the last lap of a tournament backstroke and uh, it's been very, very special. <laughs> One thing I loved about watching your race in the 200 backstroke was when it was all said and done, the race was over, uh, and you finished with a bronze. Congrats, by the way, on that. But your Thank reaction you. to uh, the fact that the Aussies got the trifecta with Mitch Larkin getting gold, Brad Woodward getting uh, <laughs> got the silver, and uh, you were over the moon for both of them, which I thought said a lot about your character as a team man. I mean, how important, and we just touched on it before, but how important to you is the team aspect of the Australian swim team? Yeah, sure. Well, um, what was more special for me about that um, trifecta for Australia was the fact that we did that four years before at, at um, Glasgow. Yeah. So um, that was the second time we'd done the three-peat. And I remember that being um, one of the most memorable races in my life. And... Uh, four years later, I was able to replicate that with uh, one different person, and obviously Mitch being up on the crowd, but uh, on the dice with me. But um, just touching on the team and how important the team is to me, it's, it, it, these is my family, like the Swimming Australia family we talk about. And I've been able to, as, as I said before, spend a lot of time with these guys on the team and got to know them. And they're um, incredibly in, incredible in the pool, but also incredible people outside of the pool. And um, I just yeah look forward to hopefully, hopefully looking back on my swimming days and saying, hey, I was able to spend it with some of my lifelong friends or um, some amazing people that I can, I'm sure will be successful outside of the pool as well. well. It definitely showed through your emotions, mate. It was a very selfless uh, emotions when you finished. You could definitely tell, you know, you were happy for yourself, obviously, to get the bronze, but you were just stoked yeah. for the team in you know aspect of it that you all got to succeed at the same time. Which, yeah, as I said, for a fan was um, was great to see. Yeah, no, and uh, as I said, um, not not every day you get to pull on the gold cap in front of thirteen thousand people and do it with your team and said their family to me as well. So. Um, doing it, yeah, doing it with the whole team was something that was extremely special for me. And being an athlete leader on the swim team and, and an enjoyable captain, sort of, um, I wanted to really um, give back to the team that sort of believed in me to begin with. And um, yeah, I really hold those all the guys at the at the games um, in high respect in my life. That's for sure. Mate, talk to me about your coach Ash Delaney, a great backstroker in his own right. What's he like as a coach? Yeah, sure. Uh, I haven't. I don't think I've ever met someone as passionate about swimming as him. Um, I was able to, it's a really funny story. Um, when I was a kid, I looked up to Ash and, and he was, he was my role model. I really watched him swim backstroke and said, I want to be like this guy one day. Yep. Um, I was then fortunate enough to be able to, a few years down the track, be able to race him and then uh, eventually train with Ash. Yep. Uh, we, we, we became great mates while we were training together and then, um, <laughs> 
slowly started knocking him off. <laughs> it's not something he's not very happy about. But uh, and then um, on his retirement, we obviously kept in co- uh, close contact, and uh, we were mates outside the pool as well. And then it wasn't until a couple of years later when um, I was ready for a change in program, and I was almost ready to give up the sport. And he stepped in from a mate's point of view, saw me struggling, and said, "Hey, why don't you come down and have do a few sessions with me?" and um, from there, yeah, sort of everything blossomed and everything blossomed, and um, I was able to train alongside Ash, and it really put the foundations. Uh, I went back to the foundations of swimming, and the the stuff that I'd went away from um, having been in a previous program, and going back to Ash, I sort of found my love for the sport again, and found the love for swimming. And uh, if it weren't for him, I sort of I don't think I'd be swimming. And and reaching out from a mate's point of view, yeah. something that. Um, I was really lucky enough to have him there for. Pampax trials are now just a month away down in Adelaide. How are you looking for that? Yeah, so um, I've decided off the back of the games to sort of take the rest of the year off. Um, just really step away from the sport for a brief time and really focus on a few other things I've got going on in my life. And um, now a 25-year-old guy with sort of no real study or education behind him and I and, um, wanted to sort of explore my options in terms of like a professional career as well. So uh, I've been lucky enough to be given the opportunity to work at Swimming Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've sort of taken on an event and marketing role with Swimming Australia and, and it's totally different on the other side of uh, on the other side of the rail at the pool, I guess. <laughs> um, but for, for me, it's been an amazing eye-opener. I've been able to step into the an admin role for me Australia and really see how much work goes uh, into just um, me stepping up behind the block, the entry process, the volunteers, the swimming competitions, and um, the, even from the marketing point of view. And uh, it's been a real eye-opener, and I've got this newfound respect for um, the admin staff at Swimming Australia, and uh, I'll hopefully to um, keep working with them and keep learning and keep growing in that position and, um, yeah, sort of decide uh, later on in the year when it is the appropriate time to get back in the water. Obviously, 2020 Tokyo is sort of up around the corner as well. It's sort of in my mind, but um, right now it's sort of focusing on a few other key elements of my life. Mate, Funky Trunks are a great sponsor of our show and uh, you do a bit of work with those guys as well. How would you um, get together with them? Yeah, great. Um I've been a funky athlete for going on six months now and uh, they reached out to me uh, at the start of the year and uh, I definitely saw I was um, sponsorless at the time and um, looking for active opportunities and obviously I look down at any pool deck around Australia and you see how colourful it is and um, I wanted to be one of those colourful athletes and and, uh, I was presented with an opportunity to be able to work with um, Funky and um, they're amazing people and sort of something for me that's... um, solid in my swimming careers i've always liked to associate myself with good people yep. and um the people are funky chunks but the brand is a, a good brand and a good i associate myself with good people down there as well so uh, i'm able to swim with the secretary's uh, two kids who uh great kids but also um role model to them as well and yep. if i'm role model to them i sort of see myself as a role model to many other kids as well and especially out at Northgate Swimming Club, sort of one of the most colourful places going around now. So um, one for, for me, joining Funky Trunks was uh, a good move and, and something that uh, I'm really thankful for the opportunities that they've given me. Absolutely. Mate, you mentioned a few younger swimmers there. What message would you give to young aspiring swimmers out there who have dreams of one day wearing the green and gold as you have? Yeah, sure. So sort of my three 
key go-to things are using your strengths to your advantages. So I spoke about the hummingbird analogy versus the albatross. Yep. Um, the uh, um, consistency sort of a real big one looking back in my swimming career, sort of the, the sessions are there to be done and the sessions the coach writes um, for you to achieve and be able to do that. And at the end of the day, really enjoy what you're doing. Um, you can obviously go through the sport and give yourself to the sport and not enjoy it. And um, if, looking back at my swimming career, I was able to really enjoy what I was doing right up until um, I've decided, now when I decided to take a break just to sort of refine that love and, and reset. So um, those are sort of the three, three key things. But at the end of the day, um, you're, a small, you're a small percentage of people that are doing something they love every day. Um, you, you're, you're given the opportunity to go and travel right around the world, um, be a funded athlete and do something that you love every day. So seize the moment whilst you're in the sport, that's for sure. Great advice. Now, I like to try and give the audience a little bit more of an insight into the Australian swim team so they can find out what goes on in the camps and on those teams. Now, in your yeah, own sure. opinion... I'm going to start a sentence and I want you to finish it with the name of a swimmer from the Dolphins team who you think that it would best fit with. Right, okay, I like it. All right, so the funniest person on the team is? Sure, James Magnuson. All right, you're not the first person who said that. What's, what's so funny <laughs> Maggie, about Maggie? He's a funny character. He's been on the team a long time. He's seen a lot of stuff over the years and yeah. um, he's not afraid of sharing it with us. <laughs> he's... Um, He's a, he's a funny bloke. Uh, the biggest pest on the team is? Dave McCann. <laughs> he loves napping. I'm very, no, in a joking matter, I'm very, I'm able to room with Dave and he loves napping. <laughs> loves, loves it. Loves a nap. Yeah. Uh, the leader or leaders of the team are? And this doesn't have to obviously be in, a, in an official capacity. It could just be yeah. someone you've seen to be a leader yeah sure so um i think oh that's a, that's a tough question i like i do see james roberts as a leader he sort of quietly goes about his stuff and does his stuff he's uh an imposing figure so he's been on the team a long time now he's yeah. sort of seen as one of the bigger guys and bigger role models on the team as well so uh i'd reach out to james roberts if i had sort of something i wanted to talk about or advice yeah. moving forward but yeah well, I'll let you know. I spoke to Taylor McEwen this morning, and she mentioned your name uh, as one of the leaders. So there you go. That's a pump your toes yeah. up a bit. Yeah, thanks, mate. Cheers. <laughs> thanks, mate. Uh, mate, best singer or dancer on the team? Oh, Clyde Lewis by Country Mile. <laughs> he can cut a rug, can he? He can. I've never seen someone floss as good as him. It's very, very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> the person who gives the best advice on the team is... Uh, well, once Booty moved on, it was, um, well, for me, um, James Magnuson has been there and done it all before. And um, obviously, he's a very, very experienced individual on the swim team and it can sort of have an answer for any situation that, you, that I find myself in. Now, mate, I have a few excited kids here with me who won a competition we ran in conjunction with Funky Trunks. Uh, they'd just like to ask you a few questions. Are you up for it? Yeah, sure. Thanks. All right. Hi, my name's Ange, and my question is, um, did you have any regrets along the way? Yeah, sure. That's a great question, Ange. Um, for me, I've never really regretted anything that I've done with the sport. We often talk about um, things like sacrifice 
uh, in the sport. So sacrificing your friends and your family and getting to do activities and so on like that. But for me, I've always seen it as an opportunity. So for me, staying in at lunchtime and doing homework whilst I could have been out kicking the footy with my school friends, always saw that as an opportunity and never something that I regret doing. Um, of course, I wish I had a, I had the opportunity to hang out with my friends, but I also saw a great uh, opportunity in where I was in place with my swimming and being able to capitalise on that. So never, not many things I regret looking back on my swimming career. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, Josh. My name's Petra, and I would just like to know what keeps you motivated during races when you get tired? Yeah, sure thing, Petra. Everyone gets a little bit tired in training. You get tired? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, so it's just a natural part of your training. Obviously, you're up early in the morning, and you're going to school, and then you've got training at night. Um, for me, I always had a goal, and uh, for me, it was going to the Olympics. I always wanted to be an Olympian, and um, I tried to stick clear to that as well, but also set goals within the session to achieve the goal, whether that may be um, pushing off and doing five dolphin kicks off every wall or no breathing in, first stroke or last stroke, whatever it may have been. So um, for me, it was always thinking about those things and trying to um, focus on those goals that I set, but at the end of the day, I had a bigger goal that I was trying to achieve. So I always um, saw that. Obviously, I did get tired, but uh, I tried to stay switch on. As I touched on a bit earlier in the podcast, we um, we're only in the water for four hours a day from a 24, over a 24-hour period. So um, you don't get many opportunities to be able to uh, focus on what you're doing in the pool. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Hi, Josh. My name is Archer, and I was just wondering if you played any other sports when you were younger, or did you just stick with swimming? Yeah, sure thing, Archer. Did you Do you play any other sports right now? Yes, I play AFL. I felt good, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, when I was a kid, I um, played basketball, tennis, uh, athletics and footy um, up until when I was about 12 years old. So um, I was an active kid. I liked being um, active and physical and enjoyed doing sports. So uh, for me, it was always um, I played these other sports and my parents encouraged me to play other sports. But soon after and when I turned about 12 years old, I decided that the swimming was going to be it. And um, it quickly escalated from there with the, the amount of training that I was doing. So I really didn't have much other time for other sport. And looking back at it, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I've always um, loved the sport of swimming. And I was just going to tell you that I'm a backstroker too. Oh, good man. <laughs> Thank you. Lots better on your back. You're welcome, mate. Mate, excellent. I think we will wrap it up there. Thank you very much for agreeing to come on for a chat. And I know how busy your schedule is. Took us a while to, to get this together, but I definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on and share some of your stories. Uh, good no luck worries. in the future with, with what you got going on. And, mate, hopefully we do see you back in the pool because uh, we do, as I said, love watching you race. Um, and hopefully sometime down the track we get you on for another chat. But until then, thank you very much for coming on Off the Block Swimming Podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. As I mentioned last week, this show is proudly sponsored by Funky Trunks, one of the best brands in swimming you will find for training and racing togs, equipment, etc. Make sure you check out their latest ranges online at funkytrunks.com or follow them on Instagram for all the latest sales and updates. We'll be doing some exciting prize giveaways over the next few weeks, so make sure you stay tuned on our Off The Blocks Facebook and Instagram pages for how to win. Away they go. No problems with the start. 